Sukkot, Ein Dalad Amud Aleph, family only, my coach in Pesach. We're dealing here with the um, with some of the laws of exclusivity. We mentioned yesterday that you can't have inclusivity if you don't have exclusivity. If everybody's included, then uh, then there isn't inclusion. Inclusion means there is a defined area into which we include people, but by including people, you're implying some people aren't included. Again, if everybody's included, nobody's. There's no idea of inclusion. Uh, you you can't be inclusive about being a member of the population of planet Earth. There's no inclusivity. You can say, a citizen of the United States, we're inclusive because not everybody can or not everybody does. So we're actually looking at some of the areas where there are principles of exclusivity with the Jewish people. And the very first mitzvah that we have that makes exclusivity clear is Korban Pesach. And that's why, we will, as we'll see, Korban Pesach is being used in these sugyot yesterday and today um, as the uber source of what is it, who is included and who isn't. And specifically, we've been looking since the beginning of, of, of yesterday's daf, where Rav Sheshis was asked, what is the din of an arel when it comes to Maiser Sheni? So we'll see today why Maiser Sheni, the, the tithe that you have to take and eat in Yerushalayim, we, we want to learn possibly from Korban Pesach, where we see clearly an uncircumcised male can't participate in Korban Pesach. Does the same apply with, uh, with Maiser Sheni? And yesterday we talked about the different ways of extrapolating from the from the Torah, the 13 principles of Rabbi Shmuel and the beginning of the Sifra. Um, and particularly, we talked about Kavachomer and Zereshovah. Kavachomer, everybody agrees, is rational. We can, um, uh, Chazal can make their own Kavachomers. It's a rational pr- process of extrapolation. And Zereshovah, where you've got common words and two different halachot, and you allow a flow of halachot from one to the other, everybody agrees that that can only be done by Masori. You have to have been given that by tradition. And then we had a machlokis, Rashi and Tosfus, as to what about the rest of them. Rashi says, Kavachomer is the only rational one. Everything else has to be by Masori. And Tosfus holds that the um, everything is rational except Gzera Shava. Gzera Shava is the only uh, is the only exception. We had the Machlokas, Rashi, and Tosfus, and Sukkah yesterday. Um, and that's quite interesting because it's also, it, it helps almost understand the worldviews of Rashi and Tosfus. Uh, and, and it's probably not just by chance because that's how almost how Rashi interprets the Gemara. It, it's just what's, what's on the page. There's no, no reasoning things through. It's explaining what's there. So because according to Rashi's view, other than Kavachomer, everything has to be handed down by Masoro. And if you don't have a Masoi, if it hasn't been taught to you, it's not part of the body of Torah. Uh, Torah has, has to be taught to you. And according to, to and Sarash is very, very focused. According to Tosfus, Tosfus holds everything is reasoned out rationally except Zereshovas. So that's the style of Tosfus. He reasons out everything rationally. Ilan and I spoke for a few minutes after the Shia yesterday, and we were taking the, these ideas further along the lines that I'm discussing at the moment. That's that typifies Tosfus. And, and what's interesting is, I mentioned yesterday, that, that the Tanakh is such a small book and, and the library of Jewish knowledge is so enormous and infinite. Uh, and one wonders why the Torah is written in such a short form. And, and we have to understand that no, no matter how sophisticated something is, if it's written down and studied in its written form, it becomes data. It becomes information. And the prohibition of writing down Torah Shabal Peh is so that the Torah Shabbat doesn't become information, that, 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 that it remains wisdom. The difference between information and wisdom is information you can master. Wisdom masters you. That's the difference. Wisdom you immerse yourself in and it transforms you. Information, you, you master the information. You're on top and you're gathering information. 
Uh, and that's some of the difficulty in the styles of learning that we're drifting towards nowadays is turning everything into, into information management uh, rather than, than in, engaging and, and in, embedding, immersing ourselves into the process of, of, of learning things out. And you see, the whole Torah is a process of learning things out. These dapim in, in, in Yevomis are all about learning things out. We're spending several pages on, on is an arel, is an uncircumcised male allowed to eat maizasheni? It doesn't say anything in the Torah. But can we extrapolate? And, and where do we extrapolate from? And why is Korban Pesach the, the uber source? For all of these, uh, for all, all of these halachot, we'll see that that today. But that's part of the process of working it out. It's something like the difference between going to a foreign country on vacation on a tour bus, as opposed to going with a map and that's it. And even before the days of of Waze and Google, mm-hmm. and and you go and you find your way around using the signposts and asking people and and looking just just becoming immersing yourself in the in the locality. You find your way. That's a completely different experience from sitting in the tour bus and the guy takes you around the streets and points out, yes, this is that. And they're two, two different experiences. If you want to see the whole of, of uh, France in, in two weeks, then you get a tour bus and you go and he points out to you everything. You come back and you say, I saw the whole, of, the whole of France. If you want to immerse yourself, go and live in a French village for a month and talk to the people and explore and walk and drive and then you come back with a completely different experience. And so it is lived with learning Torah. You can do it as a tour bus, you can go onto the tour bus and it does nothing for you but it gives you information or you can explore much slower, much harder but look what it does for you. And here what we're doing is part of that exploration process and the limudim that we have. So again, if we look at some of the psukim that I, I bring on the, on the source sheet, uh, we have firstly in, in Parshas Boy, the din, that's the, the place where we've actually got the statement, there is an exclusion of an uncircumcised male in the mitzvah of Korban Pesach. Stated clearly, you need no logic, you need no kalvachomer, no gzereshova, but that, that's our starting point, we know that. The question is, how far can we extrapolate from that? And then in Dvorim, we have the introduction of the idea of Maisa Shani, uh, that you've got to take Maisa Shani from your crops. And what do you do with it? You've got to eat it in the place Hashem cho- has chosen. You, your son, your daughter, your slave, and your maidservant, and the levy. There is an implication of exclusivity. It doesn't say, and nobody else, but it does say you and your son and your daughter. It's a family occasion. So that's what we're noticing, that there are times when it's family only. The Korban Pesach is family only. Uh, and there are reasons for that. And the question is about Maisa Shani. Is Maisa Shani also family only? And, and why does family only exclude the Arel as well? And then we just will need him for, to understand the Rambam in Bechukhoisai, um, but uh, this week's parish, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing how often this happens that on a Friday we're learning something and the parish comes up. Uh, in Chutzlaut, it doesn't work that way, it seems, because they, they're not learning. But they're not learning Bechukasai this week. Are they? Oh, they are. They're doing Bar and Bechukasai together this week. I'm not sure. But anyway, here's Bechukasai, where we're told that Maiser is called Kodesh La Hashem. It's called Kodesh. It's Kodshim. Although you take it and you eat it as a family, you have a party in Yerushalayim, but it's a kind of Kodshim. Um, and also for the Rambam, we need the, uh, for the Gemara, we need the Posuk in Pashas Emer, Ish Ish Mizera Aaron, that uh, Kohen, who is Tome, is not allowed to eat from, from Kodshim, and it's introduced with the words Ish Ish. Uh, 
So in our Gemara, we've got a Tana Debe Rabbi Akivahi, the Marbi Leila Arel Ketameh. The Gemara is trying to work out what is the din of an uncircumcised male with respect to Maishasheni. Says Rabbi Akiva, an Arel has the same din of a Tameh as somebody who's impure. Tatanya Rabbi Akiva, Ish Ish, we learn that from the words Ish Ish, Lerabotet Arel. This is another limud, another way of extrapolating, an unnecessary word. It should just say Ish Mizera Aaron. What's Ish Ish? That comes to include. Uh, somebody else said, it's not only a Tameh who can't eat Kodshim, there's another kind of an Ish that also can't eat Kodshim. Who is that Ish? An Arel. Rabbi Yitzchak also learns that an Arel cannot eat Maisa. Where do we know an uncircumcised male cannot eat Maisa? He doesn't learn like Rabbi Akiva, it's not because of Tameh. We saw in the Psukim we quoted yesterday, the word Mimenu comes again unnecessarily. Uh, in the case of Meiser and unnecessary in the case of Pesach, from the use of Mimenu in both places, we have Xera Shavah, so there's a connection between Meiser Sheni and Korban Pesach, just as we try to learn in the beginning from Toshav Sachir and Toshav Sachir in both places, we didn't go that route, but now Rabbi Yitzchak says, but there's another Xera Shavah of Mimenu and Mimenu, Ma Mimenu Amur Bepesach, Arel Asubo, Af Mimenu Amur Bepesach, Arel Asubo, so the din of an Arel applies in both cases. A very strange Rambam, where the Rambam says, Ha'arel Ketameh, an Arel is like a Tameh, so it's going like Rabbi Akiva. V'yimachal Ma'asu Sheni lo kemen Torah, and therefore if an uncircumcised male eats Ma'asu Sheni, it's an Isidor Isa, and he gets Malchus. Kederech shelokea ala chilat truma, just as the case in truma. She had truma kriya kodesh, umaisasheni kori kodesh. Because truma is called, called kodesh, and umaisasheni is called kodesh. Where does the Rambam get that from? Sherinema bo kodesh lashem. Is the Rambam making up exer shova? That's not how the Gemara learns it. Rabbi Akiva learns it because of Arul Ketame. And Rabbi Yitzchak learns it from Mimenu Mimenu. And the Rambam learns it from kodesh kodesh. Rambam's making up Zereshovas. We just learned yesterday you can't make up Zereshovas. That question is asked by the Re Kurkus. The Re Kurkus is, is a wonderful parish on, on parts of the Rambam. The Re Kurkus came to Egypt from Spain at the time of the expulsion. It's amazing what a, what a, a favor the expulsion was to the Jewish people. If you think of the, the spread of terror that resulted from it, as terrible as it was at the time, but if you think of what happened and these people who traveled around the world and brought the terror of Spain to different parts of the world, and the Mari Kukus was, was one of them, and he went to Egypt, and then he came to Israel, and he wrote this in the 16th century. He wrote on the Rambam, on the places where the Magid Mishnah didn't write. The Magid Mishnah was the first major parish on the Rambam, 15th century, um, 14th century, I think it is, in fact, uh, 14th century, very early. He's, a, he's a, one of, uh, a Rishon from the middle of the period of the Rishonim. He writes on the Rambam, but he only writes on those Rambams that apply today. So Zroim, for example, there isn't Magid Mishnah. The Mairi Kukus wrote on the rest of the Rambam where, where there's no Magid Mishnah. And the, and the, and the Mairi Kukus asks that question. Why? How does he learn that? We try to learn from Rav Sheshes. They ask, Vasikna, we come to the end, the conclusion at the end, the Arel Ketameh, the Rambam learns He says the Rambam decides, yes, you could learn it from Pesach, but Truma is closer to Maisa. Truma is what you take of the tithe for the Kohen, 
And that's like my Sashani, so rather learn it from Truma than learn it from Pesa. But that's not what the Gemara says. The Rambam will sometimes do that. He'll give a way of learning, even though that's not the main one used by the Gemara. Because it doesn't make a difference to the halacha. It's just where the, the channel of, of extrapolation goes. For two, and furthermore, he says, this is what we'll focus on. All of Kodshim is learned from Truma as far as what an Ariel not being able to eat and so on. The Rambam has precedent. We learn all sorts of halachas, particularly around who cannot participate. We learn from Truma. So Maisa, we also learn from Truma. Not a big deal. Find it And the Rambam's already explained in Hilchus Truma, the Truma itself is learned from Pesach. So everything comes back to Pesach. No matter how you learn this Xerah Shavuot, that Xerah Shavuot, the, the source of it all is Pesach. That the first time that we're taught about the exclusivity of the, of the Arel. What is so important about, about Pesach and why is this the center of the laws of exclusivity? Only certain people can participate in the Korban Pesach. So there's a beautiful Meshechochma in Pashas Pahaloisachol where the, um, the Meshechochma, um, Rameya Simcha of Dvinsk, who's uh, between the two world wars with the, the Rov of, of Dvinsk, wrote the Or Sameach, uh, uh, just a wonderful resource that we have of one of the great Achronim of, of recent times. And he writes that Pesach Moreal Ashkecha Pratit. Pesach teaches us, we don't have time to go through it in detail, but it's something you can look up. It's a, a long piece of, of Meshechochme. Uh, and he says, Pesach teaches us Ashkecha Pratit. That Hashem t- uh, governs the, the lives of each of us individually. Separating us from the Mitzrim. That's uniquely Jewish. The essence of, of, of Ashkacha Pratit, that's something a Jew lives by. And if a non-Jew wants to live by that, he becomes a Jew because that's the essence of being Jewish, where you have a one-on-one relationship with Hashem, not through any other any other indirect ways. That's what Pesach teaches, so that's why it's exclusive. Hashem separated The whole principle of Korban Pesach is about exclusivity, about choosing us out of the Egyptians and choosing the Bechorim, the Jewish Bechorim, and saving them. There's nothing in between the Rabbeinu Shalem and us, and we learn from Hashem wants life to exist. And he wants humanity to live kindly and in a straight way. And he wants society to, to form good community. That's why the Korban Pesach has to be eaten in groups. It can't be eaten as in individuals because Hashem wants community. And Korban Pesach is about community. And community is... Yes, there's an, an element of inclusivity, but what defines community is exclusivity. What defines community, who's not in the community, no matter how you make that definition. Mashrish Belev Yisrael also, it embeds in our hearts that we're all equal before Hashem, um, and that's why there's no chazen shock for the no special presence for the Kohen from the Korban Pesach. Everybody eats the same. Uh, there's, a, there's a sense of, of equality, of opportunity. Pesach teaches you that no human being should enslave another human being. Nobody should serve anybody or any force or any 
thing other than Hashem Yisbarach himself, so the Pesach entrenches the foundations of Jewish belief in the Jewish people. So it's for the Jewish people. That's what it's for. And anybody uncircumcised, which means, in its simple meaning, means a non-Jewish person, but we've got all these additional laws that even certain Jewish people who are not, who are not men, who are not circumcised, that, that would apply to. The, to, to briefly understand that a little bit, you know, there's this current phrase of, of male toxicity, which is being used very destructively in, in society. But as I was thinking of this, of the sugya, there is such a thing as male toxicity. There is such a thing as a man who, whose passions are not restrained, whose wildness, whose primitivity is not restrained. A woman is far more naturally civilized. A man has to civilize himself. And that's what Brismila is about. Brismila is, is to acknowledge the removal of male toxicity without removing male drive and, and, and all the wonderful things that, that a, a Jewish man or any man has. Uh, and, and we say, Shaloh Asani Isha, we're grateful about being created with all the ability, the force, the, 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 the capacity and capability that is uniquely male. Women have a whole lot of others, but there's a certain element of drive that is that is masculine. Again, it's not always we talk about men and women. We're talking about the masculine force and the feminine force. But with that masculine force comes the need to hold back, comes the need to remove the toxicity element of it, uh, which is what, what Bris Miller is. And in Korban Pesach, we tell, if you haven't civilized yourself, if you haven't undertaken to become part of this Ashkacha Pratit, part of this Brit that, that the Meshechachma defines, what Korban Pesach stands for, if you haven't included yourself in that by having a bris miller, then you can't be part of that family. And that comes now, we start looking at how much further does that go. Meiser Sheni, as we saw in the Posuk, is also a family occasion. The idea of taking food and taking it all the way to Yerushalayim and eating it before Hashem, that mixing of the physical and the spiritual, it's not just bringing a korban to Hashem, that's one thing. It's not just eating a, a, a Sudas mitzvah at home, that's another thing. But taking food and making kodshim out of it, making something incredibly holy out of something as physical as food, uh, that, that elevation of the physicality, which is Bris Miller, taking the physical, the male drive is one of the most physical primitive drives that there is in the world. And we see what those soldiers are doing in Ukraine, those Russian soldiers, I'm sure the Ukrainians do the same to the Russians. When you let men in, uh, free without any kind of restriction and moral, moral guideline and, and legal guidelines, men can go crazy um, in, in ways that women don't. A man has to accept upon himself the concept of Bris Miller, which means to take the physicality and contain it and direct it to Hashem. That's Korban Pesach and that's Maishasheni. And all of that we learn from having to work the Gzereshova out. If it was just stated to us, you can't have an arrow for Pesach, you can't have an arrow here, you can't have... If we just had a list of the data, we wouldn't do the exploration. We wouldn't adventure in these areas. We would be like on the tourist bus. We would know the facts, but we would never have gone through the process of working out what is this all about? What is the connection between Korban Pesach and Maishasheni? Why is Korban Pesach the foundation of all these alachot? But having to work it out ourselves enables us to extract these principles and understand them. 